Hello, it's great to have you join us today. The vision is for you to see Jesus and then be able to show him to someone. Please grab your Bible and notepad as we journey together in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. So, right away, let's continue from where we stopped the, the last time. So, we saw that Abraham had several feelings, had several errors in the flesh. And more importantly, all these errors never changed his righteousness stand with God. Because the righteousness of Abraham was not dependent on conduct. Rather, his conduct evolved as he grew in the knowledge of how God saw him. Some people will then say, and it's a valid question, when you study scriptures, like I established at the last class, some things, some certain scriptures may want to suggest otherwise. But once you understand the fundamentals, then you know that, oh, this seems to suggest otherwise, that is calling you for a deeper look into that. So in doing that, you need to consider what lies before, what you are considering exactly, what lies after, the circumstance to whom, from whom, under what, what, what pretext, under what uh, uh, backstory. You have to at times consider the original text because some accuracy is lost through translating from one language to the other. And that is the job of a disciple, a student of the word. A student of Christ. What is the student studying again? Stocks? Wealth? How to be prosperous? No. The student studies Christ. And how does he study Christ? Through the scriptures. And what is the interpretation of the scriptures? The epistles. What is the scriptures? Genesis to Malachi. How do you interpret the scriptures? Scriptures are interpreted in the epistles. The letters of Paul the letters of Peter, the apostles. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So, the question can come, what about faith without works is dead? Sir, you have spoken so much on how faith, we are justified by faith, but there is this scripture that says faith without work is dead. So, if I don't, if I don't work on my conduct, my faith can be nullified. Is that not what this is saying? Okay, I, I need to work on my conduct before my faith can count. Okay, let us go into that scripture and interpret correctly. James chapter 2, verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to Jesus. What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? Again, before then, what is the pretext here? What was going on? James was addressing some certain behavioral issues with these people. Okay? How do we know if you fulfill the royal law according to scripture, that shall love thy neighbor as thy says, verse 8? We can go into that later on. But the pretext, the background story is James was addressing some conduct issues. 
some matters on their behavioral conduct hallelujah so let's go on reading now from verse 14 uh, okay, we have read verse 14, verse 15 now. If a brother or sister be naked, so he clarifies. He clarifies what it means in verse 14. If a man says he has faith and has no words, can faith save him? Because can faith save him? Now, so just save. Because someone saw save, you think salvation. That means faith is not enough for salvation. It needs works. That's why you must study scriptures. Save there, he clarifies in verse 15. If a brother... Or sister be naked again we know from fundamental that that cannot be true faith by by faith by grace are you saved through faith we see from Abraham our faith has been from a from Adam in fact at least we have covered Adam we soon see from other examples Abel Noah Lord our faith has been the idea the law came as a as, as a human interruption to divine order it was not the plan from the beginning. Glory to Jesus. So, we know for a surety that this save cannot be talking about salvation. And we get the confirmation by the writer continuing his story. So, he gives an example to clarify what he's saying. Verse 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be you warmed and filled. <laughs> Notwithstanding, you give him not those things which are needful to the body. What does he profit? So you 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 declare be healed, and then the person has not eaten. You are not giving him food. As he saved him, he has not fulfilled that. So saved there is the fulfillment of the need, of the present need. Saved there can be saved from hunger, saved from need. Okay, save from losing an opportunity because he has a need. Okay, okay, so it's the meeting of the present need of a fellow human. It's very important to clarify that. Verse 15 to 16 clearly tells us that. So, verse 17 even so, if it hath not works, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Okay, verse 18 Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. Even the devils also believe and, and tremble. But without no all vain man, that faith without works is dead, was not Abraham our father justified by works? Uh -huh. This is another point where someone will say, wait a minute, what is this saying? Let us keep reading. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. Let, 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 let's, let's keep on reading. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Let's keep reading. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rehab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers, and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So, let's work on this. We see that in order to explain the concept of faith without works is dead, James uses two illustrations. He invokes two, 
two uh, illustrations. Verse 21 about Abraham, verse 25 about Rahab. There are lots. And then it says, Was Abraham not justified by works when he offered up, when he had offered up Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Wait a moment. That is Genesis chapter 22. Let's backtrack again. Genesis chapter 22 was when Abraham offered to put Isaac as a sacrifice. Okay? But note, first of all, that act is what? Murder. So that is a transgression by the law of Moses. So he cannot be using this illustration to ratify the law of Moses because this illustration breaks the law. What Abraham was about to do was murder. The same way, what Rahab did was to lie in order to protect the spies. He lied to the king of Jericho, to the king, uh, to the men of king, king of the king of Jericho. Ah, they left. They, 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 they. they have left since a while ago. Why they were staying inside? So that is a lie. Okay. So these two illustrations obviously cannot be used to justify the law because these two illustrations break the law. Abraham and Rahab were doing something that breaks the law. Get that at the back of your mind. The second thing, back to Genesis 21, was not Abraham, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered up his son upon the altar. Wait a minute. Genesis 22 was when he offered up his son. When was Abraham justified? Genesis chapter 12 was when God gave him the story. And he believed. But in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it was recorded that Abraham believed and it was counted to you for righteousness. We know he had believed before then. Okay, but it was recorded in Genesis 15, 6. Whatever be the case, this is long before Genesis 22, several years before Isaac was born. This was 25 years before Isaac was born. And Isaac, when Abraham offered him up, he was a teenager. So we are looking at maybe around 40 years. He was justified by faith 40 years before now. So when James is saying, was he not justified by works? Justified before who? God or man? Before man. Was he not justified by works? This justification James is talking about must be before man. Must be in the eyes of man. Because 40 years before now, he was justified before God. He believed and on the basis of his faith in God's gospel story, he was justified before God. So James, again, is it consistent with, with the backstory? He was talking about justification before men. For men to justify you, for men to, to, to see that yes, truly, you have faith. For man to agree with you that truly, you have faith. But that is not God. This was 40 years after Abraham had been justified by faith before God. So James is not talking about justification before God, but before men. Are you getting what I'm saying? How do we know again? The Bible already tells us, Romans 3.20, by the law shall no man be justified before God. So justified by works here is not before God. By the works of the law shall no man be justified. So when James said justification, was it not justified by works when he was talking about justification before his fellow men? How did, when did they get to know that, ah, you are faith, you talk. 
it is true. I confirm that you have faith when they saw his works. When men could see his works. Are you guess what I'm saying? The same thing, the same thing with Rahab. Okay? The same thing with Rahab. This so-called justification in verse 21 to 24 concerning Abraham is not with God but before men. Romans already says you don't get justified by works. So this cannot be before God. This is before men. Okay? Is, is that clear? Now, Rahab in Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. The idea, the point that James is raising here is when she did what? She eat the spies. Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 to 11 tells us that Rahab believed a long time before then. Let's see Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. Glory to Jesus. Alright, just follow with me. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord had given you the land. Did you hear that? I know. That the Lord had given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. Now she's talking about Red Sea. Red Sea was several years before this Jericho. Because Red Sea, they spent years in, in that wilderness. Years. 40 years or thereabouts. So she's talking about what again? I believed. She believed long before from Red Sea to Jericho to the point that, that, that this Israel got to Jericho from the Red Sea. She had heard of the exploits of the God of Israel. She believed the God of Israel. So this is telling us something. Again, is this justification before men? Yes. Is this justification before God? No. Because this woman already had the faith since the Red Sea. She had. Let's finish what she said. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Hog, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven, above and in heart beneath. Clear. Clear. Then she made a request. In fact, she even says, um, uh, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord. Did you see that? So she believed years, decades before she actually did that act. So again, our justification here is not talking about justification before God, but before men. What we can see as the fruit of our justification, so that we can now agree with her as, as human that yes, truly, you are different, is what James is talking about. Same with Abraham. What we could see as evidence that this guy believed was him being willing to actually offer up his son because he believed somehow. We, we, we will soon read it. Why, you no, know, uh, Paul's testimony of how Abraham was able to try to sacrifice his son. He believed that even if I sacrifice him, <laughs> this God that I know is going to raise him up again. 
because he has promised that in my seed shall all the nation be blessed. And he thought it was Isaac. Is that making sense? So James here is talking about something, justification before men. What men will see is not your heart. What men will see are the fruits of your heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? This shows, James 2, 17 to 24, shows something very clearly. If you have the same kind of faith that Abraham had, it is only a matter of time before you end up doing righteous works effortlessly. That is the message there. It is only a matter of time. For Abraham, it was about 40 years. Now, during the time between you believing at first and the fruits, there could be a time, there are times it is instantaneous. At times, it takes time. At times, it takes time. Between you believing and you stopping those addictions. Between you believing and you, you know, turning around, turning a corner in your conduct effortlessly. There is a time there, but the good thing is, even within that time that you have not produced the fruits, you may fail a number of times, but the good news is that it is, it is never charged to your account because your believing has justified you all through. And that righteousness status does not change. Are you getting what I'm saying? God doesn't see them no more. He remembers them no more. Let's quickly read two scriptures, Hebrews 11.33. Hebrews 11.33. Wow. We are rounding it up already. Hebrews 11.33. We started teaching uh, uh, about Abraham since two classes ago. I think we are winding it up already. And I'm so excited. Hebrews 11.33. Oh, glory. Who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness. Did you see that? Through faith, they wrought righteousness. You see, with faith, with believing in this truth, just like Abraham believed, you will wrought righteousness. The good thing is it will be effortless. That is why I have an issue with some believers thinking that the moment they get saved, they enter into an audition. Audition for the afterlife. Then what is different between you and Buddhists? With all due respect to their beliefs there. But that is not life. Buddhism is not life. Christ is life. It's not an audition. That's why they try to force people to modify behaviors without, not without giving them anything that can cause them to change. The only thing that causes men to change is what? The message of Christ. Because it is the power of God. It is the power. If you are not teaching men the, the message of Christ, you have no rights right whatsoever to demand change from them. No rights. Because without the message of Christ, what you are making them do is what we call whitewashing the tomb. What Jesus called the, the, the Pharisees. It's a tomb. Down there, there are maggots and serious corruption going on in there, decaying. But you paint it, you even paint it green, white, green. Paint it US flag, Canadian flag. Paint it very well. So it looks good on the outside. You have very beautiful flowers. That is what you are doing. Behavioral modification. That is not our life as believers. Far from it. 
what God does is inward art transformation. From the inside out, people are changed. And now does that happen? The message of Christ that God them saved in the first place. Keep on feeding them the message of Christ. Keep, keep on letting them, uh, uh, pardon me, keep on letting them know the reality of Christ in them and them in Christ. Because you and God have become one. We will come to that. Let's read Romans 9, 30 to 33. Glory to Jesus. Romans 9, 30 to 33. What shall we say then that the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, the Jews, which followed after the law of righteousness, how did they follow it? Because they had the law of Moses. So that was like a yardstick for them. They were looking at the law of Moses. Let us try and get it right so that we can be righteous. So they were following after the law of righteousness. Verse 32. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith. Do you hear that? Because they didn't seek righteousness by faith. But as it were, by the works of the law. They tried to achieve righteousness by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling block and rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Let's see. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. I jumped something in verse 31. But Israel, they followed after the law of righteousness, but they have not attained to the law of righteousness. That, that's, where I, uh, that's the key point there. So, your, 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 all your determination, the best it's going to give is the golden calf. Like it did for the Jews. The best of your determination. We are not talking about behavioral modification here. We are not talking about 10 principles, 10 steps, stay away, close your eyes, and, and, and start thinking about something else. Positive thinking. Christ. That is what we teach. And that is the force of transformation. That is God's force of transformation. His word. And that word is Christ. The message of Christ. Glory to Jesus. The harm of flesh is bound to fail. Glory to Jesus. That is whatever performance can, can come up with is bound. is failure. Ah, didn't you hear that? Even if you are able to, to try to keep the law. You are able to try to do it. The sum total of it is dead works. Why? Because you are doing it to get pleasure. To get the goodwill from God. And anything you do, be it correcting or wrong thing, anything you do in order to, uh, of course, dead works. <laughs> Why do I keep on saying that dead works can, can, can be good or bad? Dead work is always good. Sin is always bad. So there's a difference between sin and dead works. Let me say that again. Sin is something that you do that is bad, that is not good. Dead work is something that is good that you do. But what made it dead is because you are using that thing to try and call it favor from God. That's what makes it dead works. And Jesus came to purge our conscience from dead works. In the law, of course. The law is dead works. The works of the law is dead works. Glory to Jesus. So, let's read about Abraham one more time. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. This is what I said we, we are going to see about Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews commentary on how Abraham was able to achieve what he achieved. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. We are rounding it up. Hebrews 11, 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise, promises offered up his only begotten son. So Abraham did it. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. 
accounting that God was able to raise him up and even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So Abraham did what he did in offering up Isaac because he had the belief in God. He knew that if, if it, <laughs> God must have a plan because, because he believed God's initial promise that his seed shall be great. How can God say that his seed shall be great and God is asking him to come and kill him? What's come to what? God is going to, to raise him up again. Or maybe there's another seed coming that will be greater. So he, 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 he could do it effortlessly. Why? Because he had his eyes on the promise. He has his faith on the promise. So that's what happens when a believer begins to... That's why it's called fruits. That's why it's called fruits. Let me make this illustration. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have been, you have been suffering in your house for some days without food. Then the moment your husband calls you, dear, do you know what just happened? Guess what? I just got a contract of 50 million US dollars. The moment you hear that, what your husband told you is you got a contract of 50 million dollars. That means it has been signed that 50 million dollars is coming. As a wife, what do you do? You jump off to the supermarket. You start going to pick everything. You start planning. That is faith in action. You believe that promise. Now, you jump into the supermarket. Have you ever met someone that says, ah, it was so stressful doing that? She would have gotten to the supermarket before she knows that she could, she could run that fast. Why? Faith at work. She saw a promise. She believed the promise. And then it kicked her into action. That is similar. Again, that's another illustration. It may be weak, but it gives us an idea of how it works. So he found himself effortlessly offering up Isaac. Why? Because his faith was so, was so much on that promise. There is no way that is not happening. That promise is not happening. So when, the moment you get a call from your husband saying that the government of Canada has already signed the documents, everything, you know that uh, it cannot change. Even if even and I'll pass away, government of Canada, when they sign it, it is done. Do they lack money? Why would they cancel it? So you, you just know that that promise is as good as done and then you head to the supermarket and you don't think about it before heading. You, you, you just find yourself moving. Why? Because it's effortless. That is when it becomes a fruit. That's why you see fruit of the spirit. You only see works eh, in the flesh. Works of the flesh. You don't see fruit of the flesh. You see works of the flesh. It's in the flesh that you walk. Again, the man that doeth them lives in them. So when you do the, 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 the work of, uh, works of the Lord for approval, for, 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 for goodwill from God, the best you can be is a man, worthless, dead. Glory to Jesus. So by faith, Abraham did it. It was a product of faith. It was a fruit of faith. Fruit is very important. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. It was a fruit. Let's move now. We are beginning to, to wrap this up. So, let me dwell a little bit on fruit as we prepare to close this. To close this whole study on Abraham. Before fruits can abound, because many times the challenge of some of our fathers, why they feel like, you children, you, 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 you small boys, should not be saying all these things. You, this young generation, don't be saying all these things. 
because they do not understand the fundamental of what we are talking about. They do not understand how it progresses to give results beyond what they thought the result should be. And that's why I'm going to dwell a, dwell a little bit on this. Before fruits can abound in a believer, someone that has had the faith, like it was in Rahab and Abraham that we see, before fruits can abound, you have to take a place of rest. Rest. Faith is the rest of God. Remember, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. Faith is the rest of God. And what, what does it mean to, 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 to rest? To cease from your work. To cease from your trying to get approval by you checking off boxes. Cease from that idea of trying to tick boxes. Trying not to do things wrong. Thinking that that is what approves you or that is what disqualifies you before God. You must put your focus single that what qualifies you is your faith in God's gospel. Now, when you do that, regardless of your work, you have the understanding that regardless of your failures and mistakes, number one, you live in freedom. That is, that is what it means to enjoy the freedom in Christ. You, you, you live in freedom and guess what? The Holy Ghost is able to work within you because you've taken a position of rest to carry out fruit unto holiness. That's what Romans chapter 6, I think the last three verses were saying. Fruits unto holiness. It's a fruit. Those conduct that you desire from your members, that you desire from your converts, it's a fruit. And if it's a fruit, that means there are some nutrition that needs to be gotten in for the fruit to come out. Supply the nutrition, the fruit will come out. That is God's work, not yours. Your work is what again supply the nutrition. I see many, many, many believers, they pressure others to do this, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that. You have the opportunity to, 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 to talk to them about the word of God. There is nothing you are saying that can cause in what transformation because you are just telling them things that they know. Teaching social studies. That's what I like to talk it, to, to, to call it. Teaching what should be done, what should not be done. It is wrong to do, it is right to do, it is wrong to do this. Hey, this generation, they don't know that it is, it is wrong to do. Yeah, all those things are useless. They are not going to produce the fruit. What produces the fruit is the message of Christ. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Consider the husband, the relationship between husband and wife. Again, that's one of the very common illustrations that the apostles use to depict the relationship between Jesus and the church, that is the believer. Where we are joined together. Both he that sanctifies and the one that is sanctified are one. For that reason, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So we are one. We are placed in Christ. Christ is placed in us. We are in each other. Intertwined. One spirit. So the husband and the wife, you will notice that fruit of husband and wife is made in the place of rest. Hmm. You never hear a man saying that after getting the wife pregnant, say that ah I walked for that pregnancy, I walked because it was rest, it was fun for him. Why they were making the baby? God in his wisdom put fruit in the place of rest. In his wisdom and rest, yeah, it means rest in the finished work. Know of a surety that your justification is finished. Please, if you have not, you can revisit 
the teaching on um, perpetually forgiven, forever justified, something like <laughs> something like that. The early teachings on forgiveness of sins. You are justified. As if you never did any wrong. Righteous, forever righteous. By your faith in Christ Jesus. Who? In the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Rest is the finished work. Rest. I have never seen a tree sounding. And then you ask the tree, what's going on? I'm trying to bring fruit. No. Why? It's effortless. As long as the tree is connected to nutrition. What is nutrition? Sunlight. The light of the sun. The light of Jesus Christ. What is the nutrition? Water. What is the water? The life in the spirit. As long as you have a good understanding, as long as you keep on feeding yourself with the reality of what Christ, what God has called you, you will produce the fruit because that's the nutrition you need. Man was never designed to live outside of Christ. He's the tree of life. His life. If you want to maximize your life, you feed him. You feed on him. That's why I get so hungry and it's so annoying. It, I, I get so angry when churches preach anything other than Christ. I, I, I sincerely, again, it's not because we don't want to point accusing figures, but it's a waste of, 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 of people's time. That is not why they are there. They are there for Christ and nothing more. No one else. Give them Christ. They will abound in the good works. They will be sure of their salvation. They will leap in joy and maximize the life of God on earth. And then we, we bring, up, bring up all sorts of things. Preach everything but Christ. Preach systems, principles. Preach all sorts of things but Christ. When, it should, when the reverse should be the case. No wonder Paul says, we, 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 we choose to know nothing else of you, save Christ. 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 Let's go on. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We all, as we, with, 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 as with open face, we behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Son of God. We are being changed, the same image from glory to glory. The good thing is by the Spirit of God. That's why man cannot understand it. Man cannot understand that. I, I mean the flesh cannot understand that. Just by mere feeding on the realities of Christ in you and you in Christ. Just by mere seeing that glory, you can be changed. They will say, do something. They will say, do this, do that. Five steps. They will say, you have to determine. Sorry, you don't have to determine. To stop it, you have to determine to feed, to feed on Christ. Determine to feed on Christ. Effortlessly, your transformation comes. Ah, You know, Genesis chapter 17, verse 5. Something happened. God said, let's quickly see Genesis 17, 5 about Abraham. We are, we, are, we, are, we are closing this, people of God. We are closing this. Glory to Jesus. I'm so excited. Genesis chapter 17, verse uh, 5. God speaking. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. 
for a father of many nations have I made thee. When did God make Abraham a father of many nations? Remind me, Genesis chapter 12, when God talked to him. In fact, that was the promise, that was one of the promises that, no, that was part of the promise that Abraham believed. Genesis chapter 12. So in God, Abraham, Abraham was already Abraham in God. In God's eyes, Abraham was already Abraham. Hmm. Since Genesis chapter 12. In God's heart, that's why God says in verse 5, I have made you. It's not, I am going to make you, or I am making you. I have. It's been done. So in God's eyes, it was already Abraham. When Abraham was still, well, was still uh, uh, answering to Abraham, 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 God already saw him as Abraham. But he never walked in the light of that until he grew up, until he grew in knowledge, until he grew in revelation. When he saw God as the one who called those things that be not as though they were, he began doing the same thing, speaking not by his feelings or circumstantial realities, but based on the word of God about him, what God has to say about him, that is the father of many nations. So, you know what God now did in Genesis chapter 17? God now helped him. God said, as of today, your name is not Abraham, it is Abraham, because I have made you father of many nations. Which means, as Abraham was sojourning around, and people would say, hey, you are new here. Who, ah, can I meet you? What, 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 what's your name? What's your name? What will Abraham say? I am father of many nations. I am Abraham. God was helping him. Because he believed the promise. Now, the moment he started aligning his words, his speaking, with what he believed, within one year after Genesis 17, Isaac came. Isaac came. Isaac came. When he saw God as the one who called those things that be not as though they were, and he began doing the same thing, not going by his feelings or circumstantial realities, I can figure that while he was meeting people, and then they asked, what's your name? Abraham. And then they quickly do the math. You know, the way you, you meet people, they tell you something, and you would have thought 50 things. Just based on what they taught you now, just based on what they just told you, you would have thought 50 things to try and formulate the history of their life. Ah, human beings. Women are very good at that. <laughs> so, I can figure that Abraham would meet some people and then he would tell them, I am Abraham. Then after a minute, they would realize, what? Abraham, where are your children? I have none. That would look stupid. That's the same way. When you are smoking, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When your conduct is warped, and I say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it doesn't make sense. Because that is stark opposite of your reality. But as Abraham continued, what happened? After one year, Isaac, the promise came. The fruits came. The fruits came. The fruits came. Hallelujah. So, I don't know who I'm talking to. As you say, I am righteous. I am no more a sinner. Oh, 
as you declare God's word, oh, God has perfected me. I am perfected in Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14, for by one offering, Jesus has perfected me forever. Oh, I am perfect in him. I am sanctified. Hebrews 2 11, both he that sanctified and he that is sanctified are one to, uh, for which cause is not ashamed to call them brethren. As I declare this, as I declare the truth of how God sees me, what happens? Fruits will begin to show up. Fruits will begin to show up. Fruits will abound. That is the way it is designed to be. Getting your confession to align with what you believe. That is when the miracle, the transformation of your body, the transformation of your heart begins to happen. The transformation of your mind begins to happen when abraham began to align his confession with his faith that's when he had that miracle that's when his body being dead was transformed sarah's body was transformed isaac arrived glory to jesus people of god you are perfect in christ you are complete in christ you are perfect yes that's what the bible says the bible says we are perfect in him we are perfect in him. We are perfected by his one offering, one singular offering. Glory to Jesus. Are my actions perfect? Maybe not yet. But as I declare, my actions get clearer and clearer and clearer. Fruit we are bound onto, onto no, moral excellence. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. And the best part of this is that all this change is not mechanical all this change is supernaturally as by the spirit of god from the inside out give god praise give god praise thank you father can you say with me i declare i am the righteous of god in christ jesus I am perfected in him. I am complete in him. I and him, we are one. He's in, him, he, he's in me glorified. I am in him justified. Thank you, Father. As you declare this daily, as you see yourself in the world, what God says you are, as you declare, you align your speech, you align your communication with your heart, with what you believe in your heart, Fruits will abound. Give God praise. Hallelujah. It's been a pleasure having you join us on today's podcast. We hope you were blessed. If you have never at any time confessed your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and would like to do this, please say these words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all my sins. You raised him from the dead and is alive today. By his sacrifice, I am forever forgiven, forever justified, and forever saved. Christ lives in me, and as he is, so am I in this world. Amen. Congratulations, you are now a member of God's family. He is now father to you. 
we encourage you to grow daily by the knowledge of Christ. Until next time, remember you are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.